This episode is brought to you by Leo Bato and Associates. Ang realtor na pato. When buying or selling your home, call Leo Bato. He has years of experience in real estate, showing honesty and integrity in every transaction. He's a person you can definitely trust. So book your appointment with Leo Bato today by giving him a call at 818-648-4837 or by visiting him on the web at www. And the podcast will begin in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Ladies and gentlemen, finally, it's happening. <laughs> Miss Melody Butiu. Hey, happy to be here. <laughs> wasn't this supposed to be months oh and months ago yeah pandemic time during the pandemic <laughs> i think maybe even before vaccine yes yeah it was like i think you, you they, they yeah we had that like the shield and everything <laughs> i was like all right okay i guess i'm okay with that but then like everything just fell apart <laughs> did you get covid um i did not i was very very Good for you. lucky i you know in 20 2020 early 2020 <laughs> um i my boyfriend my partner was working at a hotel at a t- at the time and so we think he actually did get it because he had the symptoms but it was so early on it was like like late right. february early oh. march so it was like he couldn't he was really really sick but he couldn't get a test like you could only get yeah. a test if you were in the emergency room and Dying. you couldn't breathe <laughs> yeah so all the symptoms were there he did lose his um sense taste. of smell uh. and taste I did get sick from that, from him. So maybe I had it, but we weren't getting tested. I after, just isolated. After that, you never got it. After that, I was really, really lucky. Because after we got vaccinated, he did get it again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. In July, just re- just this last July, he got it. And, and I thankfully didn't get it. I was testing, you know, tested multiple times during the isolation. Because we, we live together, so we're in a small place. But um, I was thankfully <laughs> knocking, <laughs> knocking on all the things. Oh my um, god! I thankfully didn't get it. Yeah, that's great, no? Yeah, great and scary at the same time. Yeah, yeah. You just have to be hyper aware and just try to take care of everybody. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, I just got back from doing a show in Houston, and um, you know their protocols were really, really strict. We were testing really? three times a week. Everyone was like fully vaccinated and boosted, you know, even the kids in the cast. And um, and we were just really trying to take it day by day to make sure we made made it to the end of the run. How um, many how many days a week did you uh, did you do your show? Did, it's uh, it was an eight show week. So we performed Ooh. six days, six days a week. I did South Pacific Rogers and Hammerstein at Theater Under the Stars um, in Houston. And um, I had family there. Um, I had family from who lived in Sugarland, and then I had some family in Midtown, so closer in Houston. So they were able to come see it. They haven't seen me in a show in Houston ever. That was my, my first big show in Houston. And um, so it was really great. But I was like, I can't really spend that much yeah. time with you guys because yes. Yes. I just had to like really be careful. Because um, exposure to other people, and then if someone gets sick in, uh, within the company, then... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could, I could, and it would yeah. end the run. Yeah. Like if there, if if there were a number of people who got sick, because when, because Omicron happened, like oh my god, that was the, fast. You know, yeah, and, and it was, over the it holidays, spread, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spreads, and and there were so many shows that were shutting down, 
And I, I was doing a show, I was doing a Christmas carol at South Coast Rep in Costa Mesa, and we had to close in our final week because of exposure. And it wasn't even that anyone in the cast had tested positive, but enough people were exposed that they had to pull out, and we didn't have enough coverage. So it was wow. unfortunate, but it was wow. happening all over the country, all, so many theaters. How long have you been yeah. in, in, in theater? Oh, gosh, since, gosh... Few, a couple of decades since uh, since uh, late nineties, <laughs> so so a good twenty plus years. Late night. Oh, you started very very young. Yeah, See, I, like I know, right? <laughs> I was five. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, I did. I did. Annie, <laughs> that's what happened. That was my first professional. No, it wasn't. <laughs> But what was your first play? Oh, um, you know, when I was in high school, my very, very first musical was uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Mm. And I did that with California Youth Theater when I was uh, when I was like 16, something like that. And then I started getting into theater actually in school because that was an outside program. And then I started doing some musicals in school and stuff like that. Did, so, you, did you seek yeah. it or did it find you? You know... Growing up, so my family is very musical. They both my both my parents love to sing, so I loved singing growing up. Very Filipino, it's very yes. typical, right? Yeah, the magic. <laughs> of course, my, I think my dad had like the Manny Pacquiao magic mic. Like years later, years later, but he did have it. Um, but yeah, we had we had the, the even before the magic mic, we had the multi. Oh yeah, we left the and minus right. Yeah, one. minus one. Yeah, my dad would like he would go to the Philippines and then come back with all these all these cassette tapes. That's that's oh what that gosh. was in a nice case, right? Yeah, Whitney you Houston, it. Yes. Janet Jackson. Oh my gosh, with a nice booklet. Yes, with the booklet <laughs> with the lyrics. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I love it so much. Ooh. So yeah, I grew up singing. My sister sang. We would harmonize all the time. And and, um, uh, but when I was, so like, you know, when you're in elementary school and you're trying out for the school play or the school musical, like they would have reading, like they would have speaking parts and yeah. singing parts. Yeah. And anytime I auditioned for a speaking part, I would stumble over my words. I would like stutter, I hiccup and the <laughs> teachers would be like, you can just sing just because I was like good with singing, but I was terrible with words. And so I always just grew up thinking like, oh, I, I'm I'm a singer, but I'm but I, I can't read anything. I can't actually be an actor. And then when I was in high school, I took a drama class and then I started I started doing both. I started right. acting and um, and I loved it. I, I really I love telling stories. I love, you know, exploring characters and and playing different parts and and then and then singing as well so i could would kind of go back and forth and your parents were were okay with the extracurricular activities they were i mean they were always they were very um they were very supportive um my mom uh even, even though she was very musical my my lolo was um a big band leader in the philippines what um, really wow yeah, yeah and he played clarinet he played violin so she grew up with a very musical father um and she was very musical she was the glee club leader she was a conductress she loved to sing she played guitar um but then she became a nurse <laughs> so um so for her it was like that was uh, a hobby right and then uh she became a nurse as her career and then i my aunts and uncles 
you know, they would say, oh, that's a good hobby. But, right? you know, but you should be a nurse. Are you a nurse? Oh, I play a nurse on TV. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do now. Yeah. <laughs> I play nurses. I play doctors. Um, but, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, the it was it was something where they were just like oh you know she'll grow up maybe she'll, she'll grow, grow out, out of it, it. <laughs> or you know but my my dad was he was like oh, you have a gift you should do something with it you know oh you dad was there to say good. that yeah. yeah he was um oh he's not around is he still around oh he is in the philippines actually Ooh, nice yeah and then my mom passed away I'm when sorry. i was um in high school when i was 17 so but i mean she quite young yeah, she she got sick when I was in the fourth grade at first. So she had a brain tumor. She had uh, cancer. And then, but she she was with us for a number of years after that. So, um, like, she would come to my performances at school and she'd, you know, be in the corner and she'd, she'd like, oh, you have to smile more. <laughs> like, even though she was, like, in her wheelchair and I was just so happy she was, she was like, there visiting from the nursing home or whatever, you know. She she would be like, you have to smile, you have to dance. How does it feel knowing you here you are, a teenager, mm. just about ready to become a woman, mm. and mom was diagnosed with cancer? How, mm. did, how did that impact you oh my gosh like you have yeah. oh, like you know the feeling that we as kids we have dreams right and we want our parents to witness us yeah. fulfill our dreams i still do <laughs> right i still think of her i do she had a birthday recently um january february february 15th oh. yeah, she would have been 77 and I still think, I still think, you know, I wish, you know, I hope I could make her proud, you know, of what, what I've been able to do with my life. And I got to my cousins, um, who were, who are living in Texas, so they came to see the show and we, we did get to have an outdoor lunch, you know, and cousins, um, mother's side, cousins on my mother's uh -huh. side. Um, and, um, so my mom was their aunt Yeah. and they, she was their favorite aunt. So we would sit at lunch and they would just tell me stories about my mom and say, oh my gosh, she was our favorite. She was always so happy, so positive. And she, she, my, uh, my Atadores, she said, she's like, I became a nurse because your mom was a nurse. When I went to nursing school, they're like, why do you want to be a nurse? She's like, because my favorite person in the world is a nurse. And like all these stories like make me tear up because they know her in a way that I didn't get to know her. Right. And um, and yeah, I I I miss her all the time. And I and I think of, you know, when I was a kid, you don't really uh, clock what's going on. You don't really, I mean, you know, you're spending a lot of time in the hospital and you're in it, your mom is in and out of the hospital. You know that she's sick, you know, but you don't really know, like you can't really grasp how it's affecting the whole family, Yeah, you know. And your dad had to deal with it differently in front of you and when you guys are not around. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, even, even practical things like medical bills and you know how how that mm. affects the household mm. how that affects how we take how we're able to take care of each other you know and we were very very lucky my grandparents were able to come and help take care of my mom my aunt came you know so it was like always 
uh, like it takes a village kind of thing. Yeah. You know, they were, they were there to help support us. And my dad, um, he had lost his job around the same time. So then he was like trying to find work and trying to send money back to the family. And there was a lot of separation. Um, so it was tough. It was tough. You knew it was, uh, you knew it was uh, terminal. Did you um, know that it was terminal at the we, time? I mean, we knew that it was serious, but we didn't know. I mean, because she was she was still hanging on. She was still alive and with us. So it was like from when I was in the fourth grade to when I was a senior in high school um, wow. that she was that she was alive. So, you know, we didn't feel the finality of it, but we did feel like how hard it was going to be. And and um, yeah, I remember I remember. Um, I have uh, I, I used to have really really long hair like my like all the way down to my butt Ooh. and my mom used to she comb used it. to comb it I she know. used to braid it you know and um, I remember when she was in the hospital my aunt came uh, her older sister came and and I was having a hard time taking care of my hair because my mom yeah, wasn't we, there yeah. and she's like you can't have this anymore. You have to cut it off. And she took me to the garage and she cut off all my hair. And I was devastated. Of course. Because <laughs> she just chopped it like to here. And, um, and the memories that came with the hair. I know. And so like, I remember seeing my mom, like she came, uh, she was able to get out of the hospital for Christmas and she was with us for Christmas. And as soon as she saw my hair, she started crying. Aww. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. And she's like, you're still beautiful. It's okay. Amen. Are you the yeah. youngest? Or you're the middle. So your sister, your brother. I have an you, older brother. And, and then your sister. Mm-hmm. Are you, were you the dark middle child? Like, you know, the black sheep of the, the family. Was that you? I was the mediator middle oh, child. Nice. I was the one who's like trying to be the go-between. So you're friends with everybody. both siblings. Uh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> up necessarily (laughs) (laughs) i mean you know kids are kids siblings are siblings but um but i i mean obviously i love them both now very very much um but yeah i i feel like i'm always like i try to be the one to smooth things over maybe that is just more in my adulthood than Mm -hmm. (laughs) than as a kid you know what going back no the reason why i wanted to go back to that time in your life when you had your mom and when you lost your mom Mm -hmm. is because it's so pandemic related imagine how many people actually lost one or both members of the family right and it's it's so heartening and disheartening to hear you laugh and smile Mm. and 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 actually just is it true that you're you're never over the pain of losing a parent i mean I think grief is something that is always going to be with you and you just find ways to hang on to the memories that you do have. I remember when she, we were really lucky in that we were by her side when, when she, she passed, when she passed because oh, she nice. was leaving, living in Washington, Washington in, state, Washington state, close to my uncle, 
uh, to my uncle, um, so Eastern Washington. And then we had since moved to Los Angeles. My dad had, they had divorced and my dad had remarried. So we were living in Los Angeles. And so from East Coast to West Coast? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And then we were, and then from Washington State to California. But my mom stayed in Washington. And so when my dad, so my dad had remarried. And so we were living in Chatsworth in the Valley. And then we were supposed to visit her for Thanksgiving. And we got a call from my aunt and said, you have to come now. So this was October. And so we kind of dropped everything and just uh, flew up uh, because her cancer had come back. So she she was in in remission. She was in remission. She was, she was kind of. Uh, kind of on a, a plateau, yeah. Of, you know, because for a while she was she was really making some strides. She was walking with a cane, you know. Um, but then I think a couple years in, she had a stroke, and then kind of decline, and then she was kind of in this kind of plateau state. So she was still uh, invalid, yes. but the cancer uh, was gone. Oh, oh yeah. And then it ca- and then it came back in the form of lymphoma. Um, maybe in Damn. like nine like this was probably when i was a junior a junior in high school did it affect you growing up oh god i mean when i say affect you like were you more excited to move on with life or were you always she's not going to be here maybe next year or next next year this is a bummer of course saying that is just like downplaying it but Mm. what was it like because Again, the boo, you know what I mean? All oh, these important, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All no. these important stuff. Like yeah. looking back in hindsight, none of those. Yeah. I remember thinking, oh, I wish my mom were here to, to show me how to wear makeup, <laughs> how to put on makeup for the first time. Because I think I look back and I think, oh my goodness, I look like a, a sad clown. <laughs> When I when I tried to attempt to do to put on eyeshadow for the first time, that so you kind were of thing. you were living with dad or mm-hmm. yeah, living with living with my dad and stepmom and stepmom, yeah, and then um, and then my yeah, and then my brother and sister. Yeah. The reason why I'm asking is because again, if we can touch just one heart in the audience with with everything you're saying, so they can feel that they're not alone. I mean, this oh is oh my gosh. Absolutely. I mean, the, I think when it comes to grief, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's been decades already since, since my mom passed and I still, I still long for her. Right? I still miss oh. her. I still, I remember when she was passing, um, one of the things that I was afraid of most was like, what if, what's going to happen if I forget what she smells like, or if I forget what she feels like, what it feels like to, to hold her. Um, those were the things that I was like afraid to lose the almost intangible things. Um, and you know, I still, I still miss her. Right. Or if, if things happen in my life or good things or people that I meet, you know, cause she's never met my partner, you know, uh, I wish, I wish she had a chance to meet him, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so it's always going to be a part of my life. And it also makes me who I am. Mm. You know, it gives me empathy. It gives me um, the ability to, you know, 
see other people and, and, and understand and yeah, them yeah. and understand them. Because you know, you know how they feel, through. right? Yeah. And, and like when you were talking about the pandemic, people losing loved ones. And then also, and, and this time, losing them and not being able to be by their side, not you know, right? having, to lose, having to say goodbye to them over FaceTime, you know. Like, I, this is it, right? Like this. Yeah, you just, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine that kind of, that kind of pain and that kind of helplessness, you know. Um, and my heart goes out to them, which is why it, it I did feel like it's so important to take that so seriously when when we were especially in the thick of it you know we have ways of managing it or you know um now which is incredible but you know this episode is brought to you by leo bato and associates ang realtor na pato when my friends were like talking about ambulances going by at night and, yeah. and seeing those the trucks outside on the street being filled with bot I mean I can't I can't like especially in New York right those yeah trucks with freezers yeah I mean it's it's I mean who would have who would have even imagined that that our world would have gone through this i mean did you think that in your lifetime you would ever ever experience something like this it's like the worst science fiction movie ever yeah i mean when we were in the thick of it mm. you and your partner do you have kids we don't did you ever think of buying a dog having kids or <laughs> <laughs> learning a new recipe because that's what people did during the pandemic you either had a kid you learn so you learn something new to cook or buy a dog the buy a dog part that's what i that's did. right you have three now i know what? i never wanted a dog but really yeah but now there's three wow what convinced you um my sis my no not my sister my daughter and my wife mm-hmm. were during the pandemic mm-hmm. they were both like okay someone is giving us a dog to be adopted and i was like as long as you guys are gonna take care of it then let's do it then I was talking to Michael and he said, are you really going to do it? I go, they want it. And he, he was like, you better make sure. So when we got the dog, he was cute. Yeah. Four days after getting the dog, my wife, who happens to be a nurse, got exposed to a co-worker. Mm. And now she had to quarantine herself at the hotel. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I was stuck with my daughter in the house. She's not going to take dog. care of a puppy. <laughs> yes. So I, had, I ended up taking care of it. Oh, I fell in love with the dog right away. Yeah. I mean, right away meant like a month. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's all right that it The first time. day of cleaning poop, I was like, you're getting adopted, buddy. <laughs> I know. There's some people who give up, right? You know, that's the thing. It's like they have buyer's remorse. And yeah. and it's like, it's it's a life, you know? It's not It's yes. not like you bought a DVD that you don't yes. want any more DVDs. Who even has DVDs I know. anymore? <laughs> So isn't it nice, like you mentioned a while ago off camera, that your 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 boyfriend, your partner, he's also a musician. Mm-hmm. So how's the how does the household feel like? Because you're in the arts, he's in the arts. <laughs> What's the conversation like in the morning? Uh, Is there competition? No, no, not nice. in that way. He's actually really, really supportive. He helps me with my my self tapes. Your lines. Yeah, he helps me with my lines. He's so good. Like I'll I'll submit a self tape to my manager. She's like, Alan's really good. I'm like, I know, I know he is. 
<laughs> he helps me book things. No, he's great. And then he, you know, the thing is, because we're by the beach, we're in Manhattan Beach, um, it's a, our, our sacrifice, it's a very small place. So, you know. Location, <laughs> location, location. It absolutely is. So he has he has his drums set up. Um, he, has oh, not, he has electric drums, okay, okay. but then he also gigs out with his. With, with Acoustic. His, yeah, absolutely. He, he does both. But um but yeah, so he'll he'll practice on his drums and then, you know, I'm singing at the top of my lungs or practicing lines or whatever. Um but yeah, yeah, he's he's really he's he's pretty mellow too. So, you know, there's there isn't there isn't a lot of competition in that in that regard. Also because we're both artists but we're in different fields. Right. So, um Who's deeper? deeper who is how do you mean like who's more into their craft you or alan oh gosh um i mean i think we both are in different ways because he's practicing all the time all the time every day he's practicing you know but then like he'll watch me like work on my lines and i'll just be reading a script and he's he laughs at how like my face just contorts <laughs> while i'm reading he's like i'm watching you like picture everything in your head do you do that i do I'm like very of course expressive. no but but when you're reading a script because it's descriptive right it'll say interior yeah. or exterior yeah. it'll tell you what's happening yeah there's a description and then lines, right? Oh, yeah. So are you directing it or are you visualizing everything in your head while you're reading I it? I visualize it. I hear the lines in my head. And so, like, I'll, I'll you'll just see my face contort when I'm, like, reading something. Or even I, I react. I'm a big reactor. So we'll watch. We'll be watching something. And if it's something scary or something surprising happening, I'm like, ah! <laughs> like I just I scream I react I cry oh my god do you do that in inside the movie house yes thank you <laughs> you and me both my wife <laughs> hates me doing oh, no. that and I'm like don't like don't shush me me too because that will thank you me even more upset I paid for this <laughs> yeah. like, I am re like this is this is the, the emotion that they are eliciting from me. This is what they want. And but I bet you, if the director was there and we did that, he'd be like, <laughs> yes. I watched this episode of This Is Us once, and it was like, I mean, there is always a tearjerker watching that show, but there, it was early, I don't know, first or second season, but I was watching this episode and just feeling all of my feelings but it wasn't even like oh a tear going down it was like Bali. like sobbing inconsolable i was like it's not okay and ellen was like babe our neighbors are gonna think i'm like hitting you or something like it's this is not cool and i'm like <laughs> and he was like you have to calm down this is not they're just they're gonna think i'm doing something yeah. weird to you and i'm like i'm sorry it was it was it was a lot it was a lot it was a lot for me and it was it was a lot but i don't know it's just every movie what gets to you yeah um rom-coms uh dramas like nicholas dramas. sparks does that get to you like his, um, uh, I, don't, 
I don't nope. know. People always die in this movie. I I'm like, that's true. <sighs> I know. You know what I'm excited to see is Pachinko. It's coming oh. up on Apple Plus. I love the book by um, Min Jin Lee. And so I'm just, I'm like on pins and needles. I cannot wait. But it's like epic sweeping family yeah. drama. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't do a lot of um, horror movies. Yeah. But I do like suspense. I like suspense. But 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 gore, like, gory like horror, horror horror. No. It's not. That's not usually Although, what I gravitate to. Mm. I liked um, from dusk till dawn. Oh okay. The uh, Quentin Tarantino. Have you seen that? Mike? Oh, I didn't see that one. Like like okay. Selma Hayek. Uh uh-uh, uh. Uh-huh. You haven't seen that? No. Oh, you gotta watch. I'm not telling you what it is. From dusk till dawn. Oh uh, yeah, it's not from dawn till dusk, but from dusk till dawn. Yeah. Yes. I'm not saying anything, but <laughs> you have to watch that. Okay, okay, what else? Okay. Um, uh, Jeepers Creepers. Have you seen that? Mm. That's, oh my God, one in two people watch it. If you if you aren't going, ah! <laughs> you're missing out. Comedy. All you right. like comedy? I do like comedies. Like the Dumb and Dumber kind of comedy? Um, or, uh, yeah. or the Adam Sandler kind of comedy? Or I used to, I, I, I liked Adam Sandler ah. so ah. much growing up. But then like you go back and watch it, you're like, oh, this, right? doesn't, this doesn't hold up. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, this is so offensive. <laughs> or, you know, like I, we'd watch it with... We'd watch it with uh, like our niece or something, mm. and we'd be like, "Oh my god, this was the best movie!" And she's like, "This is trash. What do you guys watch? Like, what was this?" How about yeah. American Pie? Um, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I let yeah, my fourteen-year-old yeah. kids watch it. Yeah, and they're and- like. What the heck? This is gross. <laughs> <laughs> I know those like raunchy, raunchy comedies. What did? What did I? What else? Uh, recently, uh, Grown Ups. That's another Adam Sandler movie. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Uh, mm, action films. Um, sometimes I don't gravitate towards them. My my boyfriend likes all the the like the Marvel, the superhero. Oh yeah, superheroes. I like the animation stuff. Really? Yeah, Encanto. Oh my gosh! I, I just oh. yeah yeah yeah. I just oh. wept and wept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like my my daughter, my seven year old daughter. Every time we leave the house, she's like, "Goodbye, casitas." Oh, he's so cute. And I have to say goodbye. Yeah, mi amor. My friend Howard Ho does these YouTube videos where he analyzes the music, and he analyzes. He's he started. I don't know if they started out, but he is has gained a big following um analyzing um a lot of the lin-manuel miranda's music Mm. so uh hamilton he had a whole series on hamilton like breaking down the music theory of it he's 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 a really incredible music theorist that's a nice angle yeah yeah so he'll he'll break down the motifs he'll break down you know the references to the different raps and stuff like that and then with Encanto, he was breaking down, you know, the different, the symbolism and and uh, the structure of the different songs and stuff like that. He's, it's, it's really fun. No one talks about Bruno. <laughs> That's nice. Don't that, talk about Bruno. Yeah. yeah. It's a nice movie. I, I did like to watch it. I was like, uh, another Disney. Watched it three times already. <sighs> they do it well. They do. Just, but also just the subject you know of generational trauma 
I mean, that's stuff you didn't think was going to be in, like, cartoon movies <laughs> growing up. But they deal with some really heavy stuff. And, yes. the, and the expectations that parents have for yes. their kids. Yes. And, you know, and with their gifts. Like, that line when she said, you know, you are more than your gifts. Oh, my god. The miracle gosh. is you. Yeah, I lost it. I was just like, oh, I my cry. goodness. <laughs> yeah, because it's like we do pride ourselves. And especially, like, from, you know, as children of immigrants, you work so hard. You, if you are given a gift, you work so hard to, to do your best and to be your best. And it almost feels like it defines you, but to like trust that your own humanity is the miracle, right? Is, is worth the, the love and respect and regard, regardless of the, of the gift and what you do with the it's gift. You. It's you. Oh my goodness. It's such an, it's such a beautiful message. I know, right? <laughs> you guys should watch it. <laughs> Highly recommend it. I do. My God, see the two guys behind the camera can't even relate. <laughs> and can what? <laughs> Encanto. Encanto. So, mm. between movies and doing theater, mm. where are you more comfortable with? I mean, so much of my life has been in the theater. Uh, I feel like I love, I mean, I love it. I love being in front of an audience. Um, but I'm learning, you know, I'm learning. Uh, I'm always learning, but, you know, uh, in, to in, enjoy and relish and play in front of the camera. Um, in the past, you know, in, in earlier, like, TV gigs or things like that where I'm on set for a day or two or, you know, if, if, if lucky, a week, right? It's... You, you feel like, okay, I've got a job to do. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it well, you know, but you don't necessarily feel um, that you're part of the, the larger ensemble or the core ensemble, right? Because you're a guest yes. in their house. Um, and then um, most recently I had my experience in my first major film and I got to be part of the family. I got to be part of the core group. The core share. What movie? Are you are you allowed to? Sure. Okay. It's Easter Sunday. With, no way! You're part of the family. Showing this year, right? August. Is yeah. that Spielberg? Yes. Yes. Look yes, at like you, Amblin. Well, Spiel Spielberg didn't direct it, right? But, but produced. Amblin produced. Yeah. It. Yes. Yes. It's Amblin and Rideback, and um. And uh, is directed by Jay Chandrasekhar, starring Joe Coy, um, written by Ken Cheng. And it's it's about, you know, it's... it's Ken Cheng? No, Cheng. Cheng, okay. Cheng, I yeah. thought Ken, Ken Cheng, I'm no. like, a Korean wrote a Filipino song. No, 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 Ken Cheng. <laughs> um, and then, um, <clears throat> and it's it's an incredible cast. So uh, I was, I, and I got to be part of the part of the family. I play his cousin. And um, how many of you did not speak Tagalog? A handful of us. A handful of us. Um, but then there is that there is some Tagalog in it too, and and even like Lydia, who plays his mom, she she grew up speaking a, a different dialect. So, uh, you know, so she had to brush up on her Tagalog for for it. But you know, it's all good. And then uh, Tia, she and Tia do the heavy lifting when it comes to the Tagalog. And then um, uh, me and the other uh, uh, there's I play Tita Yvonne. And then there's a couple of, <laughs> of other titos, you know. So we we have we play with uh, 
we give homage to the Filipino accent Amen. and a little bit, you know, a little bit of Taglish here and there. But it's but it's a, a big a big Filipino American family. So there's a big mix. Are we gonna cry? Um, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's a little. It's 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 got a lot of heart. I will say that. It's are you are you able heart. to um tell me who the cast members are aside from you and Jokoy? Um, yeah, because that's been announced. So there's uh, Tia Carrere, mm. Lydia Gaston plays oh, yeah. plays his mom. mom. Um, who else is in it? Some, some are they other. all fail Amsba? I mean, or are or there, the family? Uh uh-uh. uh. There's no. There are no actors imported from the Philippines to. Oh, um, no, most of us are from, or Phil M. Yeah. yeah. So even Noblezada, mm. um, and then Brandon Wardell. Um, let's see. No Clifford? Ay, wala. Sayang, no? Wala. <laughs> um, Lou Diamond Phillips is in it. Um, Tiffany Haddish. Uh-huh. Jimmy O. Yang. Um, Asif Ali. Um, and then Joey Gila. No Ruben Wee? No, I love Ruben though. I love Ruben. Yeah, yeah. he's wonderful. Rod, Rodney Toe. Okay. Um, who's fantastic. And then um who else? Who else? I think Who's that so guy who always plays the the Asian villain? Filipino guy. Oh my god. Janelle so interviewed him. Oh yeah. He's a I don't think Eugene Cordero no. is in it. No, no, oh, I'm just oh, saying okay, he's, okay. he's so he's, Eugene Cordero. Yeah, he's one no, of the main. Yeah, no Basco brothers in it. Mm, no, just uh, no, no Basco brothers in it. Ah. Yeah. Who else? A Pagtama, no none. I'm, 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 I'm real calling all the fail apps. I know. <laughs> I think, this is nice. I, I mean, think I'm, I'm like I'm like I'm trying to think. I think I got everyone in. This is nice yeah. to actually have you guys in it. Yeah. How'd you get the part? I auditioned. I submitted a tape. So first was the tape. Mm-hmm. Did you have to go do a read face-to-face or everything? No. Was... I mean, my part is, <clears throat> is a smaller, you know, cause, but I'm still part of the family. So it was just off of the tape. I knew there was interest. Like, I was told that there, were, there was an interest, but I didn't. Um, so I was, like, in the core that they were considering. But I didn't find out um, until quite recent before i had to go to shoot so we shot uh, last spring um so when i found out it was like and you're getting a test and you're getting on a plane like it was like it was that fast for me for me but um and you weren't allowed to tell anybody no i mean not not until they were until they announced it in the press so yeah Damn. but it's exciting it's 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 really exciting what a blessing no yeah, I mean it's 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 wild and fun and wacky and has a lot of. I mean, it's the first. I mean, I give so much props and respect to all the amazing Filipino filmmakers and artists that are creating, creating work and and that are ev- also getting distributed by studios like Yellow Rose or you know there are other mm, yeah. you know the the Bosco brothers have the, the fabulous. Uh, Filipino brothers, right? That just came out. Um, amazing, you know. It's so fantastic. It, Joey's in that one too. Uh, Joey Gila is in yeah. that one. And so, you know, to have this be a major studio-backed film with a big Philam family, because I know when I first started, uh, when I first started working professionally, people didn't know what Filipinos were. Yes, that's what Lou Diamond Phillips even said. Yeah, he had to play a Mexican. He had to play. A- 
Yeah. All these races. Yeah, he plays played so many other ethnicities. He played Native American. He played it, you know. How about watching Grey's Anatomy? Yeah. And and you're looking I'm I'm count, I'm going back first episode, second episode. I'm like, let me see the nurses and see how many Filipino nurses there I are. I know, right? You're like, Argh. No, I know. It's true. And yeah, there's so many hospital shows that that didn't mm. have it. And they're st- slowly starting, but it's yes. like, oh my gosh. Like there are so many and and it's not even that I w- would want to limit Filipinos to just playing nurses, but it's like, you know, yeah. that kind of representation and knowing that that's a big part of that. This episode is brought to you by ABBA eServices. The, the, there was a huge wave of recruitment of Filipino nurses. Yep. You know, it, sh- it, it, should be, it should be seen. It should yeah. be recognized, especially in, you know, shows set in major cities how like about that. how about the fact that all these um half filipino celebrities are actually sounding the alarm that yeah i'm half filipino yes my mom's filipino or my dad's filipino mm-hmm. like olivia rodrigo would say yeah my dad's filipino mm-hmm. i love it i love nice, it no? yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> how is how is jokoy to work with so kind like the kindest, most generous, like l- lovely human being from the from the beginning, he would always just express how grateful he was and um, feels so deeply. Um, and this was a big. This is a huge project for him too. This is yeah. his first, you know, major film, I believe. So. Have you seen him live performing? You know, before I got <clears throat> cast in this film. Like the the year before, I went to see some friends doing Filipino AF. It's mm. like a like a sketch show. They do improv. They do sketches. Filipino AF. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Joy Regulano, I believe, is runs that. But a, a core group of uh, Filipino comedic actors put it on, and. Um, a friend of mine was uh, being featured. My friend Tamalin Tamida um, was being featured. Wait, at, hold on. For like Stop a, right there. Mm. She's your friend. <laughs> yes. I just did a Christmas Carol with her. Tamalin. Uh oh. Tamita Karate Kid. Uh oh. She's your friend. She's my friend. <laughs> Damn. You think she'll be watching this? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Are you going to tell her to watch this? I'll tell her. I'll say there's going to be a whole oh. section where everyone just stop the presses. Tamalin oh, wow. Tomira of Karate Kid. Wow. You're my crush. Oh my gosh. I even tell my wife that that's my crush. I mean, she is very crush worthy. Remember, Jay, back in back in 86, 87, back in 86, yeah. Like, we were all kids, and there she was, Karate Kid. She's like, fantastic. She played <sighs> Mrs. Cratchit in, in A Christmas Carol that we just did. And then, um, and her husband played Mr. Cratchit, so. Oh, she has a husband? She does. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Danny. <laughs> Hi, Danny. Lucky guy. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. so um, back to you. So we went to support Tamalin because um, she's like, "Come, come see this show." And she's like, "Okay." And they'd have they have some uh, some sketch. They had some stand ups, and they're like, "Oh, we have a special guest." And this this guy had opened for for Joe Coy before, and so let's bring you know let's bring him up, um, and then uh, other other performers. 
And um, and then they're like, oh, and we have one last special guest. And we're like in this strip mall watching this sketch show. So, you know, like Joe Coy, he'll, he'll perform in stadiums and yeah. sell out stadiums. And they're like, please welcome Joe Coy. Just and like we that. Were, I know. And we were like, what is happening? What is happening? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my is gosh. Is this real? Yeah. I was like in the second, I was in the second row. And I like fell out of myself. We were so excited. He just came and did a surprise set. Didn't, you know, like talked for like 45 minutes and we we're like you're so good and then like took selfies with everyone afterwards and so i have a picture of like him and like he that he took with like all of our friends and this was like way before the movie happened and then and then when the movie happened i was like look at this picture <laughs> look at this was is he surprised? me like, fangirling over you yeah he was like that's so great that's so great so yeah that guy can sing mm -hmm. he can dance he can dance not just dance but dance yeah he's got charisma absolutely he can act he can he knows how to throw a line perfect timing i saw him at at um in san jose that what was that big stadium we saw him in gee a big twenty five thousand people just mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he would sing and and all of us would end up singing yeah <laughs> i'm like i thought we were watching a comedy but he, when he sings everybody sings with him his his positivity is so infectious he really he he just beams and he and and you you just can't help but f he just wants everyone to feel good like everyone around him you know and it it doesn't mean he doesn't have downtimes or have you know challenges or anything like that but it, for him it's he just has such a an incredible positive attitude he's like i don't even think about the word hope it just is it is it is he's always talking about like the the world that he envisions as it as it is now and um and it's just it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing to witness yeah when you're witnessing this this is now an irony or more paradoxical but when you're witnessing him talking about again he, there's no hope it just is right that's him mm -hmm. and you're there in his world does that make you hopeful <laughs> <laughs> Right, it's such a paradox, right? There's no hope. It is, it is what it is, and you're in this nice world. Yeah, and you're like, oh my god, I'm like me just listening to you talking about him it is making me hopeful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember. I think I hope I'm telling the story correctly, but I re I remember because Joey Gila is a stand-up comic who mm -hmm. is open for him, and he has been opening for him yeah. on tour and everything. And he had said that he remembers they were playing a gig in I think it was San Diego, and he looked up and and it, it was pretty full on the bottom, but the balcony was wasn't sold out, and and he was and, and he said Joe was like. I'm going to come back and we're going to sell this place. And we're going to sell this place a couple times over. And, and he was like, and then we came back and then we did like, he right. just, he just said it. He just put it out in the universe and said, this is going to happen. This is how much it's going to grow. And then, and then he was like, and then it just happened. Like, like he just willed it to happen. Let's talk about, mm. and then we'll tie into back. We'll tie back into the, and then it just happened. But let's go back to your face contouring every time you say the lines and all that. <laughs> okay. And the reason why I want to go back there, I also want to go back to the way you react when you watch movies, when you're really reacting 100% to the mm -hmm. movie. Is this because 
when you're in it, you're in it 100%. Mm. Now, compare that to Jokoy's work ethic. Do you, would, 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 is it fair to say that all of you came in with 100% of what you got? I, I think we all, we all came ready to play. I mean, was it, I had, when I landed in, cause we shot mostly in Vancouver. When we, when I landed in Vancouver, I had two weeks to quarantine and two weeks to kind of stew in my brain. Like what is happening? How, right. what I, I'm about to do a movie. What is going on? You know, and kind of get in yes. and then out of my head because. How is that in and out? How is that in and out because, process? Because, you know, when we, we did a table read on zoom and our director was like, you know, come with your jokes, like come with your, you know, we're going to, we're going to do the takes as written and then we're going to play around a little bit. Okay, so, stop there. Mm -hmm. You did a table read on Zoom. I'm trying to visualize this. The director was there. Cass was there. Was Jockey there? Oh, yeah, yeah. How did it feel having the gallery view on Zoom? <laughs> and knowing full well that one of the people in the gallery was Jockey. I know. It was, it was amazing. Like where you tried to pinch yourself going... Oh my gosh. People were taking like screenshots. We ended up like one of the, one of the gifts we got from the producers was like a mug with like everyone's face from the zoom reading, you know, that. Okay. <laughs> so continue so, with the story. So you were doing the zoom meetings so, and the reads. Everyone came from a different background. So mm. there were people like me and Lydia who like primarily theater. came from a theater background. Yeah. Um, uh, Eva Noblezara, who's a musical, like she's like two time Tony nominee. <laughs> I mean, incredible um you know but then there were people who came from a stand-up background like joey there are people who did a lot of improv or you know doing a lot of sketch and then there were people like eugene who's like worked up and down all over the place everything from like clint eastwood movies to like king kong to like big action movies to you know the good place and you know all of these incredible comedies and so he's had such a breadth of work and it can be intimidating because you're like, what? Okay, what, am, what, am, what do I have to bring to the table? And, you know, those two weeks of quarantine were enough for me <laughs> to kind of get in my head and get, you know, you know, question and get my insecurities out of the way and just be like, you know how to play. So just get in there and play and listen and be with each other and like you know i i was like trying to write jokes in my head but like that the, it's always just in the moment when it happens you know so we would we would do lines in different ways or you know just try different things and and it just felt it felt so good to have that time with the cast and have the time to build a rapport with one another and to just riff off of each other and joke Yo. and make each other laugh. Cause that's really what like, we were just trying to like make each other laugh. So you guys were allowed to actually deviate from the script. I mean, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the script was, is, uh, was evolving <laughs> just cause it's a new, you know, it's a new thing. Right. So sometimes we would get new pages or, you know, that's just Would you rewrite on set? No. Um, sometimes, uh, they would try, try this instead, okay. you know, or like just little lines here and there, not, not huge sweeping changes. So if, in the what's the difference between doing comedy on stage, doing comedy as a standup, which means you're just alone mm. and doing comedy behind, uh, in front of a camera 
without immediate feedback. Yeah. What what's the difference? I mean, I think it it is they are a lot of different skill sets. Um like you said, stand up is it's just you right. on your own. So the thing that you have to ride is the audience, right? And then when you're working with other people, in it's the theater. It, yeah, or yeah, in the theater or even on camera. I mean, in the theater like it's, it's with us plays, and then yeah. and we have feedback from the audience right away, right? Yeah. Or, and then also with theater, you have in general, if you're doing a play or a musical, you have a certain number of weeks whether it's two weeks, whether it's four weeks to rehearse, but mm. you, it's pretty, it's pretty set. Yeah. So there's not a lot of big changes happening. Like people aren't changing lines on you when you're doing a play because it's, it's pretty, it's pretty set in that way. Like the, the, how you react to each other, the act, like how, how someone, the, the, uh, the tactics may shift a little bit. Right. But the objectives pretty much stay the same. Like, you're not going to not enter when you're supposed to enter. <laughs> you know, like in theater, those kinds of things, the blocking and stuff like yeah. that, those are pretty set. Um, and then and then when you're on camera, you'll have maybe how you rehearsed it. But usually you're just rehearsing it like once or twice before you shoot yes. it. And then when you shoot it, you do it as rehearsed. And then maybe you'll do a take where you try something different. Um, but it's all encapsulated just in that one scene. So as a play, you're telling the story from beginning to end. Right. You don't stop and go back and do the scene a different way. Correct. You know, you're just, you're telling It's very the story. linear, yeah. Yeah. And then, so, so I would say those are the, the main differences. And then, but all of it has to do with being present and, and just listening. Because like, even though with a play, you might have the line set, it's like, you still have to be listening there's a joke, you know, where people are like, oh, it's just blah, 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 my line, you know? Yeah. But it's like, it can't really, like, it doesn't really serve the story if you're only thinking about your lines. You have to look at the other person, listen to the other person, react to what they're giving you. Like, that's, and then, and then have that set when you're doing it. Uh, did you notice any difference, like, when you're doing it in a theater? Mm. If we're if we're throwing lines at each other, there is instant feedback from the audience from our periphery. Mm -hmm. So it's there, you know. I mean, we have to keep a straight face, but you know that audience yeah. is there, right? Yeah, yeah. How how different is it doing it in front of a camera and a film crew without immediate feedback and having to do it so many times because of different camera changes or whatever angles? Yeah. How did you get to adapt to that? I mean. If it's a particularly funny scene, but they're trying to like keep quiet, you know, because sometimes you'll hear chuckle. But you know, if they're if they're trying to, you know, uh, be because they can't just bust out laughing. Yeah. But what'll happen is, you know, if it's a really funny scene, they'll call cut, and then people will then release after that, you know. But you just have to kind of trust what's what's the energy that's happening between between the actors you know uh in the scene and then and then you'll get the feedback afterwards have you seen the final product uh -uh, i haven't is there a pre there, there is going to be a premiere right i, yeah, I, I hope, hope so. so i hope so i hope so <laughs> yeah 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 so after this easter sunday movie which i'm excited to see also mm. is there do you think there's hope for the filipino community the film 
community. I do. I mean, absolutely. And it isn't even just with the things that Joe is creating. I mean, the thing that I love about him and why he's so passionate about telling the story is he wants our voices to be heard. Amen. And it's not even just his personal. Right. You know, he wants filipino stories to be told he believes that you know that's why he tells stories about his mom yeah. and, and his family and his experience because it's like that's a story that needs to be told you know and it's not even just for filipinos it's for a wide audience yes i mean he has every everyone under the sun at his audiences not just filipinos but because he speaks from such an authentic place from such a specific place that speaks universally and you know to see these projects coming forward with philam stories with filipino casts um, you know, there's what the cleaning lady on yeah. Fox and Joe has, you know, a pilot that he's working on. And, and there are other, other Filipinos who are, are, have the opportunity to tell their stories. It's really exciting. Yes. Um, my friend Leslie Tenorio, who wrote, um, the son of good fortune, Ruben did the audiobook yeah, for yeah. that, but it's such a good book, but that's in the early stages of being developed into a series for Amazon, you know, and that's such a so great, nice. it's such an incredible story. And it's like, I'm already casting it in my head. I was like, <laughs> well, you know, who should play so-and-so, mm -hmm. you know, because it, because it, 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 what did I say? I think I was having a conversation. We were having lunch, I think. And I told Joe, I said, you know, what's so remarkable is that this is our everyday you know like these yes. these stories and these people the the people that we have put so much love into creating this family this is so unremarkable to us it's just our everyday yeah, right but it's remarkable that it hasn't been told in this way or that it hasn't been seen i agree in this in such a wide uh potentially such a wide audience and um and that's what's so important to me. We're a funny community. Yeah. I mean, and I've been I've been really lucky in that throughout my career I've have had the opportunity to play Filipino. Like you know how I said when I first started, yeah. they were like, We don't even know what Filipinos are. Like I had agents tell me I should learn Spanish, I should change I my name, I should, you know, because I also wasn't going to be cast as Chinese or Japanese right. because I didn't look like that like East Asian you know so they were like they were like you're you're going to go out for more Latino parts so you should learn Spanish and you should change your name to Castillo which is my mom's maiden name okay and and I was I was just like but I'm not you know and it wasn't until years later that I started to portray Filipinos as Filipinos. And I did the world premiere of Dog Eaters, which is uh, based on the novel by Jessica Hagedorn. I did a play, I did the world premiere play at La Jolla Playhouse for that. I did Here Lies Love, oh. which is the uh, David Byrne yeah. musical about Imelda Marcos and about the rise and fall of the Marcoses and the the people power revolution. And, um, and I had a really, wonderful part in that that I love so much and um to be able to tell that history and to yes. tell that story in yes. such an incredible theatrical experience was 
like it was like one of the pivotal highlights of my career and then and then now nice, Easter no? Sunday yeah and and so there I I have been very very lucky to be able to tell to tell Filipino stories I did I did um monstrous in in San Francisco which is based on short stories yeah. from Leslie Tenorio as well so uh, you know it's been it's been a big blessing and yeah it's like we are I love being Filipino. Right? We're like, bring it on. I know. I really how about, do. How about egos on the set? This episode is brought to you by Leo Bato and Associates. Ang realtor na pato. Really? None. Like, everyone just came with so much love and heart yes. and generosity. Yeah. I, I, it's been, it was... It was more than I could have ever dreamed or asked for, you know, because people have egos. People do. People fight for things. People, mm. they want to be the center of attention. Right. And it really just wasn't like that. I mean, you know, Joe is number one on the of list. Course. He's, he's the lead. But even he came with like such a generous spirit. Like everyone was always you know, supporting each other when they're doing the flip, you know, he's, he's standing right there doing the scene with you, you know. When easily he could have just sat yeah, back in had, his trailer. Yeah, or he what? could have, yeah, no, everyone was always, you know, <clears throat> so present, so willing, just really doing their best to kind of give their all and, and, and so much heart. Like, I mean, Tia Carrera, she played my mom and I was like, oh my gosh, like I grew up watching her and I, and I was, I was just, I was at first intimidated, but then, you know, the first few days where we were all like together as a family and she was like, you're funny. And I was like, okay, you know, it's just like, and we just make each other laugh. And I just, I think the world of her, I just think the world of, ev I mean, everyone is, was really, really fantastic. And yeah, no, there, there were no egos in that, in that sense. Wow. Yeah. Really lucky. Tamalin to me. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> After all that she, story, I was like, wasn't sorry, I'm still there. <laughs> she wasn't in the movie. <laughs> no, she's the best. She's awesome. Right? Yeah. So now, I mean, the nice thing about this podcast, there are a lot of little girls and their moms watching the podcast, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. My daughter, who's seven, like she feels that she's a madrigal. <laughs> and, and she's one of those dreamers who will appreciate this episode i just know you lost mom at a young age mm -hmm. you wish she was actually here on easter sunday to watch easter sunday mm -hmm. what can you tell these little kids who have dreams and strict parents how can you encourage them to just keep moving forward like you did I think ultimately your life has to be yours to live, right? And trust that your parents raised you to be kind, to be good, to to give your all. You know, those are all the things that so many parents, you know, try to raise their children with. And yes, there are there are parents that are more disciplinary, you know, more disciplinarians than others, and and some that, you know, may th think, oh, this is a better path for you. You know, 
understand that it it comes from a place of love, that it comes from a place of wanting you to not have to struggle. Being an artist is hard. Very hard. It's got its ups and downs. Absolutely. You know, you got a lot of, uh, you have to eat that. Yeah. Your humble pie. You have to pay your dues big time. Yeah. And yet, and it's, and there's no, there's no um, trajectory that's just like I'm climbing a corporate ladder. Right. But even, I mean, if the pandemic taught us anything, like even jobs where you think you have all of this stability and structure and I'm going to climb this ladder, people were having the rug put out, pulled out from under yes. them left and right, you know? So it's like, it really can happen anywhere. So you may as well do something that you love. It takes hard work. It takes discipline. It takes practice. It takes all of those things. But if you love it, it doesn't feel like a chore it it can be hard it can be challenging you can take a dance class and be like okay <laughs> what the heck am i doing you know yeah like it can it can be challenging but you'll find what is right for you you know i'm not a dancer i love to dance but i'm not a dancer i'm not going to be you know i'm not going to be in big dance shows or those right. kinds of musicals like i i will step it up yeah right <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Any popping, locking, yeah, I'm not going to, that that choreography, that's not happening for me. And that's okay, because I, it's like, yes. as you get older, you will know yourself. It's not that you can't challenge yourself. It's not that you can't, you know, grow as an artist, but, you know, you'll you'll find a path that's that's right for you and that feels good and that, that, that resonates with you and feels like you're doing the right thing. Some people love science some people love yes. reading they love teaching you know so there are so many different fields um but i think being in the theater being a performer all of the things that you'll learn from pursuing that is you know confidence communication all of those mm, things i agree so even if you don't end up working professionally in that field that's okay like because you're still going to gain so many incredible things by pursuing art and expressing and expressing in your art and then for those who do want to pursue it professionally who do want to make it their career you know you it, it takes a lot of determination it takes a lot of will it takes a lot of just um you know just <laughs> just like i'm still standing i'm still standing you know it's like i it, it's not not everyone is not everyone can win an Academy Award, you know, right. you can dream about it. And, and that's great. And that's good. And, and if, if that's the be all and end all of what you think defines success, then, you then, okay, you know, but my for me, just the day to day moments of working with people that I respect and admire working on uh, new plays, new projects, you know, um, uh, challenging myself to to try different, uh, you know, different um, avenues and in, in, in how I work and and all of that, you know, then that feels like success to me, you know. Day job. It's like, mm -hmm. do I have one? Yeah. Oh yeah, I still, <laughs> I still See, have one. Right. I still only. I mean, I just think it's it's if I can do it, if I can, if I can hold on to a day job and and do that and then still audition and still work i mean i i'm working pretty steadily but i still have a day job i still clock in my hours and do my thing and so when you yeah. when you went to vancouver mm -hmm. what did you have to tell work i work remotely oh look at you. so 
they knew they were very excited for me they knew but it was like i'm like well i'm quarantining for two weeks so i can still definitely put in my work for for these couple weeks that i'm in quarantine and then you know as we're shooting i'll just let you know when i'm available and i'll do my reports when i can and and then when i when i can't then y'all can pick up the slack but they're they're very flexible with me because they know that this is my life. <laughs> What's your nine to five? Oh, it's not nine to five. It's, it's not. It's a- no, it's less. I mean, it's 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 more of a part time, more of a part time. What do thing. you do? Um, I work in. Uh, I work for HR and I work uh, in customer relations. I'm Look a guest advocate for a vegan restaurant chain called Veggie Grill. Are you vegan? I'm not. Then why did we have ve- did we have vegan ice cream though? There was one was vegan because I didn't know I didn't know if you're a vegan or not. So I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna have one regular, that Wonderless ice cream, but and then thank one you regular. For the ice cream. Vegan. The vegan's really good. I tried it. It's uh, so the ube that we had. It's not the vegan one. That's no. not the vegan one. And, and then it's the, so ironic. The we all had the ube. <laughs> I know. You I mean, come on, Filipinos. How is that? Oh, speaking of it, let's go back to the movie catering. Did you guys have Filipino food? <laughs> um, sometimes I don't remember anymore. <laughs> no, uh, I think they had a catering company, and then on special like special days, they would have some like Filipino kare-kare. food. Or, yeah. <laughs> Adobo. We did. No, we would seek it out though. We would we would find uh, find a restaurant or something, and then and oh, we did actually. We did have an event. Uh, I think it was. It was for Joe's birthday. Yeah, we had a big, big Filipino party. Gosh, <laughs> you know, I'm so I'm I'm so excited for you with regard to that. No, the journey. Mm. So plays, theater, TV, movie. Was that the journey? Mm-hmm. And then still more theater. <laughs> you yeah. think you'd revert back? Like your home base would be theater? I mean. I have done three plays back to back um, since September, October. So I just got back from doing South Pacific. Prior to that, I had two other plays that I kind of did back to back. I love it. I love it. I I know what I'm doing when I'm doing it, and you know, and I'm still. I would love to do more TV and film, you know. So, but so it's, it's just a, a grind. So I'm nice. like, I'm doing the self tape first thing in the morning. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Because it's just how it. You know, I'm back in town. My agents are like, all right, here's some auditions. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the job. That's the life. Let's talk about let's talk about discipline, mm. consistency, passion drive, because you're memorizing lines mm-hmm. when you're doing a play. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to show up and rehearse when you're doing a play. Mm-hmm. So all these things, how does this translate in real life? Like what you mentioned a while ago. This these habits that you have developed, do you carry this in everything that you do in life or just for your craft? Um, <clears throat> you mean, am I, am I that disciplined with every area in my life? I mean, <laughs> I don't know, our house could be cleaner. <laughs> I could be more disciplined there. Ditto. <laughs> No, I could be more consistent with uh, with that. No, um, I I mean I I try I try I think you know I think the thing is with my craft it's what I am mo- most passionate about 
you know, I'm not as passionate about doing my taxes this year. But, I know, right? You know, but it's gonna it's gonna happen. <laughs> you know, when you mentioned that, my heart my heart just skipped. <laughs> oh my god. Here we go again. I'm still paying for last year. No, just I, I mean, you know, those are those are like the day to day things. Um, but as far as like the the work and the passion that I put into into that, you know, um, it's it's kind of safe for my craft. <laughs> no, I mean, I like I like learning. I like trying. Like during the pandemic, I was the one. Like I was cooking. I was baking breads, and I made pandesal. Really? Yeah. So yeah, I didn't you, do have the a, you have a bread cake. maker? No, I just uh, just oven. Baked. Yeah, in the oven. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We should have addressed this early on during the podcast, but we'll tell the audience the reason why we're speaking in English and not the vernacular mm-hmm. is because you only know like a point three percent Tagalog words. You can't understand Tagalog. Very, very, very little. Kunti lang. <laughs> Did you understand little. what you just said? Yeah, I understand what I said. I, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's it's just a very, very small vocabulary of like. You were born yes. and raised here. Yes, I was born in New York. And then grew up mostly in Eastern Washington. Have you been to the Philippines, though? I have twice. Twice. So I went once um, when I was in graduate school, mm. and then once more more recently in 2019. Um, my dad, I said, is yes. not there, and he he had a stroke recently. Oh, I'm so, sorry. Um, so we went out to. to, to Where does he live in the Philippines? Davao. Is the family from Davao? Nah, see, that's the reason why you never spoke Tagalog. Why? Because people there speak Bisaya. Are you sure they were they were talking Tagalog or Bisaya? Probably both. Yeah, I think they were yeah predominantly Bisaya and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Davao's a nice place. Yeah. So you were in Davao. Yeah, that's where we were. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Did you see the? We're in Davao. Davao City. Um. Yeah, Davao City. So we were right. My dad. He's they're right. Um. Kind of like right by the airport. Right by Echoville, mm-hmm. Echo Echo. So what were those? What was those um, places? I was in Davao for for a month. Oh back, yeah, yeah. yeah. Could, there's that during the happening times of Davao back in the, I think late nineties. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, the music scene in Davao. Oh, Should have. So did you go to Manila? <laughs> no, not that time. No, I had been to Manila the first time. The first time we went to the Philippines, we were there for a little bit. But this time we were just in Davao, and then my sister and her husband came, and then we did have like a weekend on Samal Island. Ooh! Yeah, so we did a little getaway there. Did you go to Paradise Island? We did not go to. Par- oh no, we did go to Paradise Island. That's right. We did. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Believe we just it or went not, there for like a meal, yeah. My our band uh-huh. opened Paradise Island. Wow! Like grand opening of Paradise oh, Island. Wow. Remember that, Jay? Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I will. Yeah. Jay, what do you play? What? Keyboards. You play keys. Okay. Good. I know. Now, film actors. Mm-hmm. Have you worked with Filipino actors? Like from the Philippines coming here to do projects with you guys. When I did Here Lies Love in Seattle, uh, uh, Mark Bautista played our uh, Ferdinand Marcos. So he had done the show in London. 
And then when we did the when we did the production in Seattle, he came out to do that. What was it like working with Mark? Fantastic. He's lovely. This is so nice, no? He's is great. there is there a fraternity of theater actors or is it more huh, that's you guys, this is our company, that's your company. We're no. gonna Oh my goodness, there's so much love. My um, my friends uh, Liz Casasola and Billy Bustamante, they're from New York, and they have a big um, group called uh, Broadway Barcada. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a lot of film, musical theater performers supporting each other, and they'll put on shows when they can, like especially before the pandemic, they were putting on, you know, dance performances, musical performances, concerts, and things like that. And then when we were in Seattle, um, because there were so many members, since a lot of yeah. the actors were from New York, we put on a Broadway Barcada um, concert in Seattle as well, and then we did one here in LA. So it's like it's a big it's 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 a big love fest. There's a big fraternity, like you said, nice. big Barcada. Are uh, you gonna write your own play in the future? Oh my goodness, I have not tried that. But I don't know. I should. I know when I was like when I was in grad school, I did some writing, like one person shows and things like that. I should think about it. Yeah, about your mom. I yeah, yeah. Hi, mama. Aurora, Aurora Castilla Buccio. That's my mom. miss, no? Don't you miss? Yeah, it's like, it's like, you you never you never get over it especially with every win you have in your life it's more yay <sighs> i wish she was here yeah yeah she's she's a big part of why i wanted to be a performer even though she didn't pursue it professionally in her life you know it was such a big part of her life still and um and yeah, I I miss her all the time. It just it comes it comes in waves, you know. But um, but I I I love her and I miss her and yeah yeah I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the time that I had with her, even if it was short. So now, that being said, knowing that up to now there's still that longing for mom. You've already tap-boarded a major film. You're doing your, your, your place again after the pandemic. Things are happening. There is momentum. What do you see in 2022, 2023, 2024 and onwards? I mean, you know, if anything, this this life has taught me is there is no there's no there's no way of predicting right but i would hope to grow i would hope to have the opportunities to play with my family again and in, in the movie or you know see them and i'm looking forward to that premiere and um to just have the opportunity to tell more stories more filipino american stories and filipino stories that would make me so happy, you know, um, to to be able to share our experiences yeah. with a wider with a wider audience. Um, yeah, and whatever medium that is, you know, theater, TV, film. Um, I would love to grow in all 
any and all <laughs> avenues. Absolutely. But, yeah, you know, there are so many people that I respect and admire and would love to just uplift and watch and, and celebrate and, you know, be part of that. Yeah. Are you happy? Very happy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Feel really just oh, really lucky every day, you know. It was just even... Oh my goodness, just going over my taxes. <laughs> it's so silly, but it was like, it just hit me like what an incredible year it's been and how mm. lucky I've been. Amen. You know, it's like, I know taxes is like, oh, it's such a snore, right? Or it's like, oh, it's a, it's such a chore to like have to go through all of that, you know, but to even just like look back at the this past year and go, wow. Like this has been an incredible year and like like the places that I've been able to travel to, yes. the things that I've been able to do, the people that I've been able to meet is like all like looking at these tax forms is still like a reflection on the experiences and the adventures yes. that I've had. That's really exciting, you know, and so I don't take it for granted, you know, who I, I don't, Joe knows how the movie's going to be received. I don't know. <laughs> right? Um, but this episode is brought to you by ABBA eServices. It's out of my hands, right? So all I have is the experience that I had and the people that I connected with and the time that I was present in that moment. And then, you know, what happens now is up to the universe. And, and I just have to be present with each moment. You know, um, I think when when the when we finished rapping and i had these theater opportunities come up i was like do I, should i go out of town but what if what if my agents want me here in la what if i need to you know and every opportunity that i said yes to i was just so excited and happy to say yes to and i made great friends i had incredible experiences um and and I don't regret it, you know. I don't regret See, that's being the whole, out of yeah. town. You know, it, it, the juggle with, especially with actors in L.A., it's like, if you do theater, then that's just going to take you out. It's going to take you out of the pool. And, and I get that. But also the experiences that I gained yes. from working with incredible people and artists. And, and I've worked with some amazing female directors that I'm so grateful for. Um I wouldn't trade that experience and I wouldn't trade the relationships that I created just so that I could be in LA for another month to See, those, those are little risks that you're taking also. Yeah. yeah. No regrets, right? Yeah. And I mean, the way auditions are happening now anyway, everything is on tape. So it's like I can be in Houston and put myself on tape for something and then if something happens, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. That would be nice. Maybe we should start sending our our tape. <laughs> That's all. Michael Dutch Dallas. I'm a goodness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh goodness gracious. This. Is, so you and Alan have different careers, mm -hmm. and this is something that sometimes people don't understand there has to be an understanding and trust for both of you to succeed right mm -hmm. yeah what's the conversation like like going into a project is it you do your thing i do my thing is it like that no i mean 
Um, when he plays his music, uh, when we first started dating, I was going like every week <laughs> to see his band, right? And then the other, like the other girlfriends or the other wives of the other band members were like, you're here every week. <laughs> I was like, yeah, they're great. Yeah. You know, they, they would come like on occasion. So now I go on occasion. Like when they, <laughs> when they play. I'm like, where are you playing? Oh yeah, that's far. I'm going to, I'm going to stay at home. Um, but you know, if there's, if there's a gig that he's excited about and I know I can make it, then I'll go and, you know, sometimes um, I'll sit in and sing a couple songs with them, you know, and yeah. that's fun too. Um, but I, but I'm, I'm happy to go to cheer, uh, cheer them on. I just don't go every week anymore. <laughs> How about you? How does he support you? Um, he will come out. He came out to Houston to see my shows. He, he you know, cause if I'm working regionally, I'm traveling around the country and I'll be gone for like, usually it's a couple months at a time. This last one was, was five weeks. So it was actually very, very fast. Um, but he'll, he'll come out, he'll come out for opening when night. When he comes out, come does out he surprise you or I'm coming out? Oh no no we plan it okay. we plan it and then he'll he'll come either to opening or you know another weekend depending on his schedule and then um but he's he's incredibly supportive if if there's a show that he can't make you know we just keep in touch and right. FaceTime is great How long have you guys been together? Oh my goodness. 13 years. No plans of marriage? Mm, not yet. Not anytime does it, does it still <laughs> it's one of those abstract things yeah. <laughs> it's like sure how, someday how do you feel mm. okay let me rephrase it how did you feel back in the day 13 years ago when he would come down and watch you perform mm. compare that with how do you feel a few months ago or a few weeks ago when you last performed that he was there like, was I more nervous or, or excited, inspired? Or? I'm always excited. I'm always excited for him to come. See, 13 yeah. years. Yeah, God yeah. bless you. It has to be that. <laughs> Shouldn't it be that way, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm always like, I'm like, I hope you like it. It's a lot like Rogers and Hammerstein. So it's a golden era. South Pacific is a golden era mm. musical. And I yeah. played Bloody Mary, which... You know, uh, it, at one point in time when I would read the material, you know, for an audition or something, I'm like, I don't like this part. I don't want this part. Why? What? This is so over the top. It's so like, why is she so crazy? And why is she written in this way? You know, but working on it, I've, I've grown to love her and I've grown to kind of craft mm -hmm. my story behind who she is and her character and stuff. Um but it's an old-fashioned musical. It was like 1949 it first came out. And so, and it's almost a three-hour musical. So I'm like, I'm like, it's it's going to be long. I hope you like it. It's got a big, sweeping, beautiful score. We had a 26-piece orchestra. Live, it no? went Live. Yeah. It was glorious. Um, but he loved it. He was so excited. And then when I was in Boston, I did, um, I did Sunday in the Park with George, Sondheim. Mm. And I was like... I don't know how he's going to feel about this. You know, it's kind of quirky. It's Sondheim. It's not like he grew up watching musicals, but he was like, he was, he was like, I love it. And he, he says like, he likes watching the show a couple of times because he likes to watch the audience's reaction. Yeah. He likes to see how the audience is reacting. To listen to, to the band. I mean, me, that's what I do. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let me go to the pit. 
Oh yeah. I mean, if if I could find seats close to the orchestra pit or where the band is, yeah, peek over. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. my God, that would be. <laughs> Because it's a different world also. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I know. Conductors looking at you guys. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and, and then the band's looking at the conductor and everything has to go in sync and every. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 fun. And um, so I was really, I'm still always very excited when he can, when he can come see it. Here is love. He's, he's seen probably like 28 <laughs> times, like including all of the different iterations, the different productions that we did. He's, he's seen that so many times because he's a big David Byrne fan too. <laughs> it's see this is this is the reason why I'm smiling is because when you're talking about Alan, mm. there's that sparkle in your eyes oh, okay. still. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yes. You know you guys noticed it? <laughs> Shout out to you, Alan. I, I still have a crush on him. <laughs> How important is that, right? I know. I know. What keeps your relationship going? <laughs> Look at that smile. I'm very horny. I, <laughs> <laughs> I see him and I'm just like, ooh. Like, I think he thinks I objectify him too much, but you know, whatever. It's a good thing, though. <laughs> yeah. I do. I just think he's the cutest. <laughs> I was going to end that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and she's horny. <laughs> yeah, that's oh right. my God. Keep that fire alive. Yes. Get ready. <laughs> yes. Thank you for saying that. I keep saying that. Oh my gosh. I think it's so important. I, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm a big, big fan. And, um, and having having that priority thing set, do you set aside time for yourselves, both of you, like together, together time? Yeah, 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 we do. We Not do by too. chance, like planning, let's, hey, let's go out here. Yeah, sometimes. And, and sometimes, you know, it'll just be like, all right, tomorrow. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a little we're have some get time. together. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna take time, to cuddle. Whatever. So you live you live um, on the beach. Mm-hmm. So have you streaked on the beach, both of you? <laughs> no, <laughs> he's not that kind of exhibition. <laughs> Because <laughs> no. I'm thinking, if I lived in Manhattan Beach, I probably would. He, Just, no, he gets shy if like the window shades are open, you know. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. I get it. Because, you know, it's like the the buildings are so close to each right other. houses together. And <laughs> oh my god. So we have to be careful if we're like you know running running across across the place for something. <laughs> if I were to start, if I were, is there is there um. Is there a time to start diving or immersing oneself into the arts? Like, should I be a kid? Should I be an adolescent? Should I be a young adult? Should I be a grown man? Should I be an old man? Or is there no time? No, there's no time. I think, you know, there are kids who who grow to love it right from the beginning and that's fantastic but if someone's like discovering or you know something new or a discipline that's new it's like oh i haven't gone to the theater a lot like there's no 
you shouldn't be intimidated to to try or to to go it's like i don't i don't have a degree and you don't even have to know right you don't even have to know what it is you're going into like i don't have a degree in art like visual art mm -hmm. but i still love going to museums and i i don't even know who all the artists are but i know what moves me i know what strikes me i love i love just like seeing new things and seeing you know what people are are uh, interpreting and how they're expressing you know with the different mediums yeah. and you know i love contemporary art i don't even know i don't know who i don't know who i'm looking at but i but i know that i moved when i see it you know it's so it, i don't think that there's any any ideal time uh to start i'm i'm always happy to like you know start young you know st like start listening to different types of music when you're young you know but you'll appreciate appreciate it in a different way as you get older i think anyway and the things that you know struck you when you're when you're young or are, are probably gonna hit you in a different way when you're when you're older or even with life lived in a different way right um you know something that moved you when you were younger, all of a sudden you have a different perspective. Like Adam Sandler. <laughs> no shade to Adam Sandler. I still have a lot of love for Adam Me too. Sandler. But it's like, ooh, some of those jokes were cringy. Like... <laughs> That were once funny back in the day. No, huh? that like had me rolling in the eyes right, right. when I was younger. And then you're watching it going, oh, is oh. that okay? Was that, was that all right? I don't hmm. <laughs> I'm but I'm sure yeah. he's grown as yes, a person yes. and what he finds funny and yes. all of those things. But that's that comes with, you know, time and experience and all of that good stuff. But just the fact that you're fearless, that's the thing that I appreciate is like, you know, if someone is like fearless to just put themselves out there, you know, put out what they think is funny to them at that time and, you know, and uh, and just go and just, you know. Are you fearless? I don't know. Am I fearless? With some things, I think. With some things, like, um, I just, I'll make a choice and then I'll go, right? Or I'll, 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 if I'm approaching, if I'm approaching a character or approaching a new, you know, a text or something, like, I, I love to kind of dive in and, and try things. I don't think that that means that I'm fearless. I think, you know, what's crazy about this business as, or as an artist is you know a lot of the, sometimes you'll have teachers who are like you have all the confidence in the world and you can't let them see you sweat and you go in and you get that job done right but then we're in a profession where we're supposed to be vulnerable yeah. we're supposed to like uh have those vulnerabilities and and expose ourselves yes. right so it's it they're almost opposing ideas <laughs> because you can't it's it's you can't talk about your insecurities and your your vulnerabilities and your fears and yet oftentimes those are the things that make you know you are complete as an actor yeah right and a human being yes because those are things that we all that we all go through and um you know people facing those fears when they do it's not that they're fearless <laughs> they're just but they're they're trying, you know, and that's They're, what we all are doing as humans. We're trying. So I guess, I guess being fearless is different from being courageous because what you're saying is doing it even in the presence of fear. 
Yeah. And that's courage. Because being fearless is more, you're probably on drugs or not just kidding. No. But also sometimes acknowledging your fear or acknowledging your vulnerability and honoring that, that actually takes courage too. There, yeah. Right? Yeah. So like if someone, if someone just chooses to stand in their truth and be like, I don't want to do this thing and be okay with it, that takes a lot of courage also. Yes. Right? So... Yeah. It's how are you with how are you with saying no? Because you that's why yeah. when you, when you said this, like yeah, it takes courage to to decline an offer. Yeah, I'm I'm getting better. I'm getting better at saying no, and I think I'm getting better at saying no. And I think there's power in that certainly. Um, but I think I'm getting better at saying no because I'm getting better at knowing who I am and not trying to please everybody or trying to get every job or think that you know like oh i have to say yes to everything and it's not that i'm above it's not that i'm above things it's also just like oh that's not my voice right like there are some some you know some musicals where i'll be called for an audition and it's like i'm like my voice is happy in the lower register like i'm an alto you know, I do belt a little bit, but I'm not like what oh, they call yeah, a screlter. Yes. Or a whistler. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a whistler. I'm not a like, uh-huh. you know, like I don't sing up in the rafters. Like I I know, I know my You're more voice. of like the unbreak my heart kind. Oh, Tony oh, Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> Say you love See? me, girl. See? <laughs> no, um, but... If I hear, if I hear material and I was like, and I'm, and I immediately know it's not my voice, then I'm, then it's like, I'm not going to break my back trying to sound, give them a sound that I know is not me because I also don't want to give a bad audition, (laughs) you know, like I want to put my best foot forward. So if I know that a part is just simply not my voice, then that's okay. Like I'm, I'm happy to say no to that. Like I, I wish whoever gets it you know, all the joy in, in the world, but that's not me, you know. See, it takes a certain level of um, maturity to actually be able to do that. Because mm. to know your limits, limitations, that in itself is admirable because other people will be reckless, like what you said. If it's not if it's not within my range and it's if it's a misrepresentation, Mm-hmm. It'll hurt you more than benefit you, right? Well, yeah. And then with theater, it's like even if it's something that I could hit, you know, once in a great, once in a while. There's no consistency. In, yeah, yeah. In theater, you're doing shows, eight shows a week. So it's, it's if you're singing something that's just not in your voice and you're doing it that much, doesn't mean that I'm not always working on my voice. Right. I still take voice lessons. I'm still working on, you know, just my technique and my range and stuff like that but it's but i i can hear something and know if it's not for me or even if just the material doesn't speak to me Mm. you know it it'll be better suited with someone else and that's a good thing because they should have someone that's right for the part and if i 
you know, it's not that I don't have confidence in what I can bring as a, <laughs> as an actor or as an artist, but if I know that yes. like, this is, this is not for me, then they should have someone like in a relationship too. It's I was, like, I was going to go there. <laughs> I was going to go there. Like if it's, if I'm not the right person for you, then it's good for you, you yes. know, that you find someone else. Right? It means you have to be honest with yourself and honest with the people, honest to the people around you. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Because the right person is out there and the right person is out there for, you know, whatever role, you know, they're looking they're looking to fill, I think. And it's okay if it's not always me. <laughs> wow. That's that's a nice um that's wow. When you say it's okay if it's not always me. I I think, you know, as actors who are always putting themselves out there, who are always auditioning, like you feel like if you're not booking everything or booking a majority of the things that you're auditioning for, you're like, what's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? Right. And you can really get into your head about that. But the thing is, it's like if, if, an, if a casting director is receiving 500 submissions, a thousand submissions, one person is going to get that role. So it's not it's always going to be you. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're bad at your craft. It doesn't mean that you're not good at what you do. It's just, this is the luck of the, you know, it's, it's also what they're looking for as far as like who this, who else is in the mm -hmm. scene, how they, you know, all, all of that. There's a lot of factors that aren't, in, that aren't in your hands. So you only have control of what you do. So if you feel like I'm going to do my work, I'm going to make my choices, I'm going to be present, I'm going to have fun, yeah. you know, then that's all, that's, that's all you can do. Like that's, that's your part. That's your job. This episode is brought to you by Leo Bato and Associates. Ang realtor na pato. And then it's their job to decide how to put all the pieces together, but that's not in your hands. So it's better not to worry, not to worry about that. And you know, it, it's nice that you say that because Imagine if it was just handed to you and you didn't have to pay your dues and do the grind of mm -hmm. going through auditions. Brandon Ralph, the guy who played um, Superman in mm -hmm. Superman Returns, mm -hmm. he was on uh, a podcast. I think it was Michael Rosenbaum's uh, podcast. And he actually said Superman was handed to him. Mm. He didn't have to audition for it. It was... Yes. Mm. And so he felt, and I'm paraphrasing, he felt that there was, uh, there was a certain level of disrespect, not, not really said, mm. but he felt that he didn't belong because his agents, everybody thought that this is, uh, this is our meal ticket, Superman, blah, 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 all that stuff. After that movie, there was no returns again or whatever. Mm. It was just a one-off. And you know what? He realized that auditioning was actually the way to go because mm. it grounded him and now he feels more fulfilled as an actor like what you were saying a while ago you're not always going to get it but actually it's the process of being present and being there and knowing what you can and can't mm -hmm. am i am i am i correct in i think so i mean you know i don't know what what uh the attitude people had towards him on set or, or anything like that but it's i i imagine it could also have been his perception 
because mm-hmm. he told himself this was just handed to me. What am I doing here? Right. So then he's like, Oh, that person's looking at me. And you know, I, I don't know, but it could be but, right. It could it, be. Yeah. It's, it's all, it's his interpretation yes. of how people are. We're, we're, uh, we're in reality. They're like, I got like the other people on set are like, I got my lines to learn. The, the grips are like, they're doing their thing. They have their, everyone has their job to do. And they're probably less focused on him than he thinks they are. Um, but that's how we, that's how we move through the world, right? It's like, we, we, we think we tell a story to ourselves and then we look for the evidence around us. So it's like, oh, that person looking at me funny, or he doesn't think, you know, he's, he's thinking this about me and that's confirming my own bias, right? Or my, the own, the story that I'm telling myself. And I'm not saying that what he's saying isn't true or that people, you know, that people, that there maybe were people or maybe he overheard, I don't know. But oftentimes, you know, uh, what we perceive as other people's opinions of us, it's really a reflection of our our own opinion of ourselves, right? And so if he was indeed handed a part, even if he was handed a part, he still had to prove himself. He still had to perform. He still had to show up to work and and do, do the work. Uh, even if it felt like it kind of happened overnight right. or it, or someone was like, I want to make you Superman or whatever, <laughs> you know, there's still, there's still a process to it. It might feel like it happened overnight. I mean, I have been working at this craft for, you know, many, many years. And I still felt when I, when I got Easter Sunday, I'm like, what, what just happened? What just happened? Like, this just happened. Like, this is crazy. You know, there was still this like, sense of uh of awe and and like did they make a mistake <laughs> you know <laughs> did they i mean what's going on you know I, I, you just there's there's because there's a kind of a ridiculous yeah. ridiculousness to it like you like you listed off all of these amazing filipino performers pe- people that people recognize people that have done work and that you've seen and other things and I did ask, I asked the writer, Ken, I was like, you know, there are so many named Filipino artists right. who I'm sure would have loved to have been right. in this film. And, and, you know, maybe some weren't available, but he was like, he was like, yeah, but I also wanted, we also wanted to make sure that we give opportunities for new artists to make a name for themselves, to, to highlight and spotlight artists who might not be a household name. I don't know that, I don't think I'll ever be a household name, but like to give me that opportunity someone who doesn't have a gigantic list of credits as far as like film and tv goes you know who's done most of my career in like regional theater and in new york and stuff to you know to have an opportunity to be part of this project and and share in this family and share in this storytelling and you know, that's, that's fantastic, you know? And like, I remember Joe going like, where did you come from? (laughs) And it's like, I've been around for a long time, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I I haven't done, like, I don't, I don't have a ton of like series regular roles or things like that. You know, I've just been kind of grinding away as like just a working actor, which is a feat, you know, uh, for, for people who are, are pursuing this, you know, 
being a working actor is is a feat and i've been very lucky that you know i've been able to yes. do that most of my career it's had its ups and downs it's had, i mean you know i was i had my broadway debut in new york in 2015 and then when the show closed i was auditioning and auditioning and and the first show i got was back in california so i was like i guess i'm leaving new york i'm coming to california and then after that I couldn't get arrested. I was like, I was auditioning and auditioning and just not getting anything. And how frustrating did it get when when you were going rejection after rejection? After it's hard, you know, because and again, it's like when you think back to Encanto, when you think like this is my gift and this is what defines me, and then all of a sudden I'm not seeing any right fruits yes. for my labor, you know, it it's really frustrating and it feels like. I, I am not like something, something happened. Like, I don't, I don't know what happened. You know, I don't know how to define it. I still feel like I'm doing, I'm doing the work, but it's just not hitting. And it's, it's, it can do a number on your psyche. Is it, are you still tough. feeling the same thing now or are you over it? I mean, I have learned that this business is crazy and I have to embrace the crazy, which means, you know, embracing the highs as well as the lows and knowing that everything is temporary, right? So, you know, it's all, it's all fleeting. It doesn't mean that you, that you can't enjoy it, you know, it's enjoy it while you have it. And then, you know, on the times that are leaner, like just trust that you're going to move through it. Like that's, part of this business which is also why i keep holding on to my day job <laughs> because it's good to it's good to have that little extra you know you just it's just there's so many ups and downs and there there is no there's no logic to it you know you're not you're not like oh, okay so it's like i start out and then i'm an assistant manager and then i'm a manager and then i'm a regional manager like it just it doesn't work like that. Yeah, no. You know, it's there's there's ups and downs and craziness and then lateral movements and you know, there's it's kind of all over the place. So there has to be humility all the way through or else I mean, I think so. Otherwise, you know, if if you go in thinking you deserve everything, like you're going to get smacked down really quickly um yeah and it'll just hit you harder but it's like if you go in i think feeling lucky feeling grateful just having any opportunity to audition for stuff even if i don't get the job like if i just get to work on this material for a morning or i get to work on this for an afternoon and and it's fun you know and i have fun with it like that's a great day you know yeah. i feel like oh that's a good day i got to work on a scene who like you who knows what's going to happen with it but it was fun and that's what i like to do you know um and and just have that and then you know and then the bookings and other things they'll they'll eventually come along you know if you just keep working at it it's just just how how it works so nice when you said just keep working at it it will come along. I guess that's the lesson there. And that's what everybody should start picking up because mm. we're very proud of you. We're finally, you're finally here. We've experienced you saying no to us the first time because of... Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a global pandemic. I know! But we'll have you back. 
Okay, sure. Ladies and gentlemen, Melody But You. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Did I get it right, the last name? Yes. But You. See? Oh, my goodness. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.